Shut up and sit down. I learned a lesson. Never half-ass two things. Whole-ass one thing. What in the devil's name is this? Portobello mushrooms. Where's the steak? Oh, there's no steak. That's a healthier option. It's organically grown. You are listening to the Dial Podcast. Please enjoy. Hey, welcome back to the Dialed Podcast again. We appreciate you coming back. And today we are here with Matt Legrand. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. And Mr. Evan Price. What's going on? And of course, Lance Hepler. International man of mystery, Lance, Lance. Romance. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mr. Romance. <laughs> All right. Well, I am here to... Uh, get the ball rolling with you guys and I'm a little sore. I'll get into that later on. <laughs> so if you hear me over here whining and crying a little bit, um, you'll know why shortly. But um, let's kick things off with our back pedal for the week. Um, let's see here. Who wants to go first? We'll start with Evan this week. Okay. Evan, how was, how was your past week, buddy? Uh, it was good. It was good. Legs are feeling okay. It's getting warmer. So I got to be outside it's a bunch now. Definitely warmer. Which is great. I like the heat. Uh, yeah, this last week was busy with work. I had a buddy come in from Arizona, Tobias Deerdorf. Uh, he is taking his gravel grinder through the Pacific Northwest for a bit before heading back. Oh, that's nice. cool. So I got to ride with him. Yeah, that was Where's fun. Where's the invite? I uh, know, sorry. Yeah, that was, I didn't, I didn't actually, I had forgotten he was coming down yeah. until like Friday that's he came good. in. So we rode Saturday morning yeah. and then he was gone mm-hmm. Sunday morning. So how are yeah. you feeling since uh, St. George? surprisingly really good i'm i'm waiting for the day where i feel terrible and it hasn't come yet so i'm hoping i just made it through that okay so the first couple training sessions back were pretty solid for you they were fine working on the today i'm hitting up some hills and working on the weaknesses so great great yep lance how was your uh your last week buddy um fantastic actually i raced this last week i did i lined up down at uh portland international raceway for the circuit race and um I did not get dropped, and I did not embarrass myself. Welcome back, wow. Lance. <laughs> I saw some pictures, and you look like you had good form. You look good on the bike. Um, I had no sprint legs at the end. That's wow. going to take a little bit to develop. But how did the develop. bike, did the back feel okay? Yeah. Good. I, I, I good. actually had, I didn't have a whole lot of trouble actually staying with the group, So that's good. which was And which that's, was that's intense racing, too. So if your back can feel good through that. Well, that's The 4-5 or five race isn't quite as intense. I mean, uh, yeah. We averaged like 25 miles an hour for 25 miles or something like that. So, I mean, it wasn't short, but I really had... I did try to make a move with Sean Martin. He's a teammate. Uh, with about four laps to go, he like... Like, I could see him glancing back and yeah. he gutted down to go. <laughs> and I tried to go with him and we failed miserably. I love Sean. Yeah. He's gotten so fast. He has. He's yeah. just a, a guy that, you know, if you guys are ever in this area, he goes and rides like all the time. So yeah. Yeah, I, I actually fast. got an uh-oh Strava email from uh, oh. from Sean this past week <laughs> on a segment um, called Death of Fargo. It's a nice little grinder. It's not like crazy long but he uh, i think it was maybe uh, I'll, I'll fact check this later we'll say it's about a minute and 30 ish 
he uh, he laid down like 750 watts for that wow. average wow. watch for that thing. And I get what? the emails like, holy, okay, you can yeah. have that one for a while. Because he took me by like eight seconds. And he and I went back and forth on that particular one yeah. for, gosh, since before I even knew him. Right. Um, we went back and forth on that. And, and we're making little comments. Hey, nice job, man. I'm going to go die out there trying to get it. But <laughs> yeah. So just to step back a little bit, Strava is a website that everyone can post their rides. And you can actually compare little segments. So a lot of times it's like hill segments. And if you have the segment, like if you own it, like you're the fastest person and then someone beats your time later on, you actually get an email yeah. either like shortly after the ride or whatever, which we would call an uh-oh email. Yeah, because that's so what it, it's, it's titled. It says, uh-oh, uh, Sean Martin just told your email or which, email. You sold your, your segment. Yeah. Um, you know, you've been dethroned. Right, yeah. which I love. It's so funny yeah, to fun have stuff. that little, right. just a little fun you know, yeah. playing with segments. Yeah. So how did that race end up for you, Lance? The, you know, the best part of the race was we had a teammate that went off the front. Take a wild guess who it was. Mr. Chris Hannell. Chris Hannell, yes. <laughs> Dr. Chris Hannell went off the front with, on like the third lap of 13 or something like that we did, and, and he got half a lap ahead of us. He wow. just wow. crushed it, yeah. So it was great. So the rest of us just kind of hung back. We didn't do a whole lot of work, so it was fine. I was in the top. 15 or 18 or something like that definitely the top third yeah. you had a, a good finish good result yeah so it was good yeah, that's so. a good maiden voyage back yeah that's solid yeah yeah and then did, tell me about your your past week as well I, and it, what what was funny was you had one little like micro ride at the end of the week so tell us about <laughs> that whole process <laughs> well i rode almost uh 260 miles this last wow. week yeah so i kept getting out every day the weather was great and yeah. i just yeah. i was feeling better and better and i realized my legs were feeling better and so i just kept going and um by the sunday evening i realized um in our dialed cycling team strava group that for the week i was nine tenths of a mile behind uh teammate jordan rickards oh who just bike <laughs> he'll just bike like 80 miles every day so. yeah yeah. So I got in my bike and my jeans and uh, rode like two miles just so I could beat Jordan for the week. I love it. Yes. Yes. He can't win. Suck he can't win Jordan. every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And took some nice pictures too. Those were pretty nice. That's fine. So very cool. Matt, how was your week? My week was fantastic. Again, you know, weather was good. So snuck out on the bike, did a little bit of running, not too much, and swam a lot. I think I swam like six times this past, you know, in a, in a week, so that's good for me. Um, I got to do a very short ride with Jake. I got to do a very nice run with Evan. That was such a oh. nice run. Yeah. That really was. It was. I mean, Beautiful we like, day, running on the trails. Right? And we like chatted the whole time. It was almost like, wait a minute, we didn't have a break in our conversation <laughs> for, you know, eight miles. <laughs> Uh, so Lance, you are in my crosshairs. Let's go. So easy bike ride All where right. we chat the whole time. That sounds <laughs> and okay. stop to take and pictures. Yeah. Oh yes. yeah. That's actually yeah. All that's right. what we need to do. We'll do okay. That. So yeah. Great week. <laughs> one other thing too. Let's come back to you real quick for one question, Lance. How about an update on the uh, the Lance Romance Weight Loss Program? Oh yeah. <laughs> this man over here Summer is Bob. unstoppable. Yeah. Well, it's the Hepler Focus. I yeah. warned you about that. Yeah, um, I'm down to 189 pounds, and I started at almost 230. Insane. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We see Lance on a regular basis, and I see him on other times throughout the course of the week, whether it be for a ride or race or what have you. Every time I see him, he looks a little bit different. Like, you've lost even more weight. You're, you're like, chiseled and refined Lance now. It's It's like... (laughs) 
I don't know. And so I'm trying to be sexy. Right now we're on the <laughs> right now we're on the radio, and so a lot of people don't know this, but Lance is actually wearing a bikini, and, <laughs> and it's because like yeah, he's got this just rocking body. He wants yeah. to show it off. Yeah, yeah. Those no. pasties, man. Those pasties That's look good right. on you, Lance. Thank nice, you. Nice tassels we're actually, on there. We're actually doing this out by the pool too. I've really been trying to work on my tan personally. I'm a pretty pale skinned person, and this yeah. this region once we get the sun, you got to soak it in. Yeah. So. The uh. bummer is I cannot race Clydesdale this year, so the Clydesdale is not an option for me in the cross season or short track. But so. that's a good thing. But that's good. That's yeah. a very good thing. Yeah. So. Fun. Fun, fun, fun. Well, um, Matt, did you have anything else that you wanted to? Um, no, yeah. I just uh, I posted a video to YouTube about that's what wet I was getting suit at. fit. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, which is interesting. About this? Yeah. Where you, yeah, okay. So I think it's one of those weird things that people don't really think about. It's like you get to the race late, you get the wetsuit on as fast <clears throat> as possible, and then your arms hurt while you're swimming. And I think a lot of it's like, hey, if you take a little bit of extra time, maybe like 15, 20 minutes, and you really kind of like work on getting that wetsuit fit correct and just kind of maybe like smoothing out some of the wrinkles, like getting the, the fabric all the way around your shoulders. I, I, this is just a theory, but I really think it saves, no, you know, makes, quality time. makes a big difference. So, yeah. so me and Matt were yeah. talking about this on a run along with a lot of things. We oh, talked yeah. about we talked life in general, hours. everything. Yeah. But yeah. this was specific because I threw mine on at St. George. Right. It was the first time I'd raced a long uh, sleeve in a while. And I definitely noticed by the end that's when my arms were toast yeah. and I did not have good shoulder extension yeah. coming. I felt like I was getting pulled forward quite a bit. So check out my video. It's on the YouTube. I need to. Yeah. Matt needs to show me a thing or two. Yeah, I like that one little tip with the plastic bag that was kind of oh, a neat little thing. Yes. Let people go okay. watch the video, but you can explain it if you'd like to. Well, well, okay. So a lot of triathletes will actually know this. I mean, if you're not, a super, you know, if you're not into like wetsuits and stuff, you might not. But you can put a plastic bag around your feet and your hands, and it, you know, the wetsuit will really will slide a lot better onto your legs or your arms and things like that and you can pull it up and into your armpits and crotch much much easier but I forgot to bring a bag for that video so I was like oh I really want to talk about wetsuit fit and I forgot a bag it's kind of one of those little tricks that I want people to like you know take with them and I kind of looked around I was like someone probably just left a bag or something and I was like oh there's the dog Doggy bags <laughs> yes. over here. Yes. Scented, In the park. Perfect. Scented dog bags. So I used that. It worked perfect. Except for I was like, oh, I hate that sm- that fresh scent that yeah. stinks. Yeah. You know. So yeah, if you watch the video, there's like a you'll see a blue bag on my feet and hands and things like that. And it's just because like actually it was weird. Like I came straight from swimming, um, and I was like, I'm gonna go out to the lake because I really want to do this video. And so I came like from one place to the next and I was like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go back home to get a plastic bag. I'm just going to do this video and uh, had to improvise. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yes. Well, this past week I had an interesting week. Um, I got a, got the email from Obra, that's Oregon Bicycle Racing Association. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what they want. And I open it up and it's like, congratulations on your mandatory upgrade to Cat 2. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> so I'm no longer a Cat 3, uh, I guess, sandbagger that everybody thought it was. And, uh, yeah, so I pretty much, um, I don't know, the whole season I was really, like, gearing and aiming towards, like, there was a series that we were doing for uh, um, road racing. Uh, there was that three-race series, the Willamette Valley Classics Tour. Um, I was a series leader in that one, and we had a race coming up this this past week and uh, called the Cherry Pie Road Race, and I wanted to try and keep that, and I was really trying to build points for the the best all-around rider in um, the, the Cat 3 Masters, and then I uh, was really looking at the state championship as well, so kind of had to change gears, and, and you know, pretty much when you get that email, that <laughs> there's no going back, so... Um, 
I started my career this past weekend, or this past week rather, as a Cat Two road racer, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Good um, for you, you, Jake. You deserve it. Yeah, yeah. you kind of have that 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 nervous anxiety of racing with a whole different breed of people because you're pretty much in the Pro One Two classes now, and like, you know, well, how do I stack up against these guys? So. Went out and did PIR and raced in the the one two threes because they actually have a, a category out there where they, they include the threes and did all right. You know, kind of sat in and attacked uh, on the first uh, premium lap and and just missed getting points. I was fourth and I think you have to get third to get points. And then, um, you know, kind of sat in for the rest of the race and did a little bit of work and ended up getting sixth overall. So I'm like, oh, wait a second, maybe maybe I can do this. And uh, changed, um, you know, my cap from uh, Cat 3 at Cherry Pie, which was the road race town in Independence, Oregon, this past weekend, and raced with the the, the Pro 1-2s. And uh, <laughs> I think I had it in the back of my head that it was going to be one of those things where, you know, it's, it was 71 miles right. and, and change whatnot. I, I, I've kind of assumed that I'd end up probably getting dropped at some point in time right. and I'd probably finish the race by myself so you're going you're going longer with faster people exactly right. so they added in almost 12 miles and then you're racing with guys who were um you know pretty damn fast i'm yeah. just gonna say it yeah. and uh got into the race and we started going and and we were cruising along at probably about two hour two miles an hour faster than i would normally race at uh, with the other the other cats and i managed to hold on for the entire race yes. and made it through all of the climbs all the rollers all the the attacks and everything else and and actually felt pretty well uh, um, how much did that group shrink during that time period I'll have to go back and double check, but I'm pretty sure that the field started close to 50. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, by the time we got to the finish, there was probably about 30 people there. Okay. And, no, and nobody got away? There, there was nothing that stuck? There were um, there was guys riding. There was um, two different, um, you know, basically solos. Not solos, but, um, you know, breakaways in the group. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the one that stuck the longest was probably out there for a good 45 minutes to an hour, and they reeled him in with about four or five mil miles to go. The, um, the the Peloton finally started to organize and, and brought him back in. So, yeah. um, you know, there was plenty of attacks and plenty of surges and whatnot. So it was a, it was a fun race, and it was definitely a, a learning process getting to see how guys at that level race. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll talk about etiquette a little bit later on. I was and expecting you, one thing and kind of got another, but... And you, and you were racing by yourself. Yes, I had, yeah, I had, problem. yeah, I was the only person from dialed there. Mm -hmm. I did know, um, two other people in the field. Um, one of them, I barely know another guy I raced with about two years ago on a different team. And, uh, you know, we were chatting for a bit and he was giving me some insights. His name is Chris Wagner. He's a pretty cool guy, super strong, great track rider. And, um, unfortunately lost him during the course of the race. He <laughs> decided he'd had enough and just called it a day. Um, but anyway, get to the very end and it started getting pretty herky jerky there. There was a lot of surging. There was a lot of, um, like nervous tension within the field. And I don't know if it was because we had a warmer day. I think it was about 85 degrees out, mm -hmm. you know, by our standards, that's gosh, that's 20, 30, yeah. 40 degrees warmer than what we've been racing in all spring long. You know, guys are a little fatigued. It was 70 miles and, you know, it was a pretty intense race. Um, so we get into that last final 1K and it, it started getting really messy. Uh, there was guys that were, you know, surging quite a bit and they would start to attack. And then, you know, there was at one point in time where there was a, a little group that started to do a lead out and the, the guy up front literally sat up. Uh, like we're going over 30 miles an hour and he sits up he's he's dead front center and came right back through the middle of the field and the the whole road wasn't open yet so you've got all these guys kind of packed in there and one guy coming back through the field and you got people yelling and screaming and people bumping into each other i had a guy that that basically rode into me put his, his thigh into me and pushed me out over the yellow line and mm -hmm. i was like what are you gonna do i mean it's either that go over the yellow line and hope there's not a car coming the other way or yeah. you go down and you don't want to do that so 
anyhow, there was a, a lot of guys taking lines that weren't there. There was you know, just that, that, that tension, that anxiety in there. So we finally get to uh, 500, and things start to kind of take a little bit more shape, but people were still jockeying for position. At 500 meters out, they open up both lanes for the, the finish, and um, everything starts to take shape. And I'm like thinking to myself, holy crap, you made it through this whole race. You hung with a group. Your legs feel good, and you were in the perfect position. Like mm-hmm. I was kind of taking notes on who was who, trying to follow the right wheels, trying to set myself up. You know, we're at 500, we're at 400, we're at 300. And, and, and um, I'm probably, at one point in time before we got to the 100-meter mark, I was probably like four people deep in a good line. And it looked like it was going to shape up and the road was opening up. There was room for me to move, to come around. My legs felt good. And we get to 150, then 200. And there's guys up front that were like jockeying for position again, taking lines that weren't there. They were out of the saddle. They were throwing elbows. They're, they were kind of back and forth a little bit. And they ended up getting tangled with each other. By this time, the whole field was moving together at probably, I'm guessing somewhere between like 32, 33 miles an hour. I can go back and double check that, but we were definitely north of 30 miles an hour. These two guys tangle with each other. Guy loses his wheel, goes down in front of everybody. And the whole center to left side of the the field pretty much has a guy that takes out another guy, go down right in front of him. And I was pretty much the first person to come into that. And I pretty much went over the bars at yeah. 30 plus miles an hour, uh, did a flip in the air and body got body slammed on the ground. So flipping hard. And, um, you know, the right side was able to kind of sneak through and, um, they, 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 they finished the race. And I was again in the perfect position to, uh, sprint that thing out and to hopefully, uh, finish on the podium. And that was like, I, I would have never imagined that to happen for me in my first race. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was pretty much all dashed right then and there. And, um, you know, everybody hit the ground and you got people moaning. And I think there was seven or eight people who went down and then some other people that stopped for a second and then kind of rode around. And then, uh, I think for about a minute I was there kind of like just gathering my thoughts, like what the hell just happened? Yeah. Um, I stood up, I'm walking around for just a second. I'm like kind of doing like the, the whole inventory on the body. I'm like, all right, nothing's broken. And that was the first thing that went through my head. It literally went through my head like, crap, I'm going down. Please don't break your collarbone. Please, please don't hit your head because, you know, I don't want to deal with either one of those things. And thankfully, you know, it's just the whole tuck and roll kind of thing happened pretty yeah. you know, slick. I did a you know flip in there and the body like just slammed the ground. But, um, you know, I got up, did the inventory. I'm like, all right, get back on your bike and finish the race, you know, because yeah. <laughs> you want you to get no. that finishing point. want to get the points for the team. And um, you the, know, bike, the bike was okay, though, because we were just checking out. It, it, it looked a lot better than you did. Considering, yeah, I mean, I ended up just dealing with um, two broken spokes and I, some abrasions on the hood and um, just a tiny abrasion on the seat. Otherwise, the bike, it doesn't look like anything happened to it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Jake's body does not look the same. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jake, can we, so there's, the good news is there's video for all of our listeners to check out. Can we post it to the website or anything? We will post that on the website. Okay. I'll make sure to put so, that up after the show. Right, so I, um, I played back the video in slow motion, like, zoomed in and I was like holy cow I'm so glad Jake is alive because he he basically there was someone that hit someone else and slid out right in front of your front like they slid out they were sideways there, there was no in front of your front wheel yeah. I mean you had there was nothing you could do and you were you were sent flying yeah and what's crazy is how gymnastically acrobatically you look when you you do a full flip like hit hard and then basically you're sliding into the curb which just looks like it's going to be like excruciating and then 
boom, you pop right up and you're like walking to check yourself out. And you can even see it in the video. You're like checking on your, you're like checking yourself out. Like you kind of walk over by those bushes and you're like, um, you know, your bike's yeah. a mile away or whatever. It's like, <laughs> you fell hard. Yeah. That was a tough crash. You, know, you, you asked me about that and I didn't respond, but I honestly, I think it's from all of the years that I played baseball. You know how many times I've slid into uh, yeah. say second yeah. or third yeah. base and you hit it and you pop up, you pop up. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, that, that might be it right there. There's, yeah. there's, I think a little bit more athleticism than people realize with that. So, I mean, you, you talk about, you know, cyclists aren't people that we look at and say like, oh, that's a great athlete. But if you look at pros or guys who race P1, 2, and they go down, you know, four or five times in a year, there's a lot of, and I was talking with Jake about this. So I had, I had a crash I've talked about earlier when I was a four mm -hmm. and the difference between my lack of athleticism and Jake's clear advantage <laughs> well, in athleticism. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm serious because I, we, we crashed at a similar speed. I don't remember a second of it. I hit the ground, just got lucky that I hit right. Jake, to be able to go through your head and say, I got to tuck and roll here and not break my clavicle, the, the reaction time there is incredible because it, for anybody who has not crashed in a dead sprint before, it's like getting pushed out of your car without somebody knowing, like yeah. driving down your neighborhood and somebody yeah. shoves you out of the car. That's basically how quick it can happen. Yeah. Jake was like a ninja, man. <laughs> <laughs> flew and tucked and skidded and jumped right up it was um i thought it was more of like a pancake flopping on the <laughs> yeah. ground or something. well there was a little bit of flop but yeah. you popped right back yeah. up yeah so you're so, so you're still getting checked out and your body is yeah i the race was two days ago and uh yesterday um just for because my hip was really yeah. really talking to me and uh, my ribs are a little sore on the back just from where i hit and I uh, figured it might be good just to play the safeguard and have it checked out. And you guys are all go to the doctor, get x-ray. Yeah, so yeah. went in and did that. And the radiologist is supposed to call me back some point in right. time, but, um, um, I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion. It's just some really good bone bruises. Are we going to get like a mid podcast update on your, <laughs> oh, that'd be a possible HIPAA violation. Yeah. Right? That'd, be, that'd be interesting. I'll, I'll sign off on it. If that's the case. Yeah. So anyway, went across the finish line. I was just pretty dejected after that happened because, yeah. you know, you know, you, you get bummed out. You, you don't want to crash. You don't want to get hurt, but it, it's not that it's like, that was the first race. And I'm like, the fact right that I there. was, I was yeah. there. And even if I didn't get like on the podium and even if it was just the top five or six, cause I wasn't going to fall further than that. I mean, that's such an accomplishment. I'm like, all right, hold on a second here. Don't be pissed about that. Just be pissed that you were there and be, be, be grateful, be, right. be grateful that yeah. you were there and be happy that you, you got a, a good result. And you, you know, in your heart, like you what it wasn't. And that you was really, you know, I, I was a little, you know, taken back at first. I'm like, man, this sucks. I'm going to have to go race with these guys. And to race at that level, it's a lot of time and energy that mm -hmm. you have to put in to get prepared and ready to go. It, it's almost like a whole lifestyle change and you have to dedicate even more time to try and be able to hang with these guys. And so, so how is your training going to change out your too? So uh, obviously you're going into those races are 70, 80 miles long. Yeah. We how, talked about this on Thursday. Yeah. And you, and biking. you're, and you're riding usually 10 hours a week because you're busy as heck and, the, and those yeah. are 10 quality hours. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, are, are you bumping up a couple hours? I'm going to figure it out. Um, okay. We're getting pretty darn close to the end of the road racing season. There's yeah. really on my schedule, I've got two more races aside from like the weekly stuff at yeah. PIR, the Portland yeah. International Raceway. Um, so we'll do the state championship. And I went back and actually checked that night. I don't know why I wasn't thinking about this before, but uh, that's actually not going to be that big of a deal because they'll actually just do that based on age group. It won't be based on like you're going to have to go race against all the P12s, but you'll race against 40 oh. open. So it. it'll, I'll be that's going cool. back to, to race with all the guys for the state championship that that's are in nice. my age bracket, which oh, is kind of. And that was one of your. They're not 
don't like that. Yeah, you wanted to focus on that race. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. Year, so which is good. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm happy about that. So you have to be healthy though. Yeah, I'll, uh, and I will be. I'll, I'll get back and I'll do what yeah. I have to do. So, but um, anyway, I, I just started to focus on the the positive, and, yep. and that kind of helped me get through the, yeah. that hour and a half drive home with a, a very cranky body and you know, body already sticking to like your clothes and all that other stuff. It's was kind of right. nasty. I hope everybody out there, did you guys buy stock in 3M last week? Mm-hmm. Cause I, yeah. I, I invested heavily <laughs> in Tegaderm this weekend. So <laughs> hopefully you guys did and yeah. made a few bucks. Yeah. I'm, I think the stock did go up because of how much, because of how much of your body is going to have to be covered in that 3M. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was, uh, that was my week. It was uh, an interesting one. Yeah. So. Well, definitely awesome, you know, positives to take away that yeah. you were like, got bumped up to the P12s and you were in the mix for the win. Yeah. yeah. Like that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It is. I, I still can't believe it. So yeah. the fitness is there. I mean, that's, that, that's the thing with cycling is at least you get that consistent, you know, there's races yeah. coming up. This isn't yeah. like a one race and done thing. You got the, yeah. the fitness is there. You just got to let the body heal. Yeah, I, I jokingly told my wife when I got home, there's three things I need to work on to, to ride with these guys. Um, one is I need to find the fountain of youth and maybe take a few <laughs> years off my life. So I'll figure something out there. Um, the second one is I need to lose a few more pounds cause these are some small skinny dudes that can get after it. And right. three, I have, I, I need tattoos. I, I don't have any tattoos and these guys were yeah. tatted from the floor up, man. <laughs> so yeah. we should do that. We should all have like a podcast where we get tattoos together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So cool. Well, let's get started on our first topic. Um, and, and I can definitely, you know, talk about this past weekend's race, but let's talk about etiquette as it pertains to riding, racing, triathlons. Um, God, you can talk about etiquette in life too, yeah. but yeah. let's just, let's kind of run around the table and you know, start us off, Lance. All right. I'm going to start with a, a topic that uh, is a bit of a pet peeve of mine. Um, I we do a lot of cycling around here. Um, we tend to ride on multi-use trails quite often. And the thing that bothers me the most about multi-use trails is the woman in yoga pants walking right in the dead center of the multi-use trail. Yeah. And what's in her, what's in her ears? Specific what's pet peeve. With, with headphones <laughs> in her ears. And I'm, it, she's got headphones in. So she can't hear anything. And I'm whistling and... yeah. He's not cat calling. He's like, hey, get yes, out of the way on your left way, <laughs> or, or on your right. Or I can't tell you're in the <laughs> yes. middle of the damn road. Yeah. So whenever now, I'm running or, or walking on a multi-use trail, I am on the edge. Yeah. I stay on the side. I never but, listen to music either. The right. reason is so you can hear stuff going on around you. Right. Yeah, yeah, I never. Or if you have music, at least have Wait, one out. Should people be listening to podcasts, though? Yes. Well, you can still podcast. hear. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. My, my voice is, is lovely, soothing it voice. Is. Now, is so. it worse if she's listening to Taylor Swift? <laughs> yeah, like, if you can hear the worse. Taylor Swift blaring, does that I don't know, Matt. Is it worse if she's listening <laughs> to Taylor Swift? You know, that's important for people to either be Press jammed to Taylor Swift or our podcast. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> please don't walk right yeah. in the dead center of the multi-use yeah. trail. Yeah. I don't care that you're listening to Especially music or podcast. Just, you know, stay right and stay far right. And then when you pass them and they get startled and get angry at you, I'm like, okay, come on. This is your own fault that yeah. has happened to me so many times yeah. i love it when they jump out of their skin and you're yeah. and you, it's not even like you're coming around them at 20 miles an hour you're literally like just barely crawling around them and they jump out of their skin like you're the boogeyman it's yeah. like <laughs> take your headphones out and get out of the middle of the damn road or do something i, yeah. I didn't yeah. scare you just get out of the way yeah. it's a multi-use road like yeah. I've, I've done that with running before right. i'll run by somebody oh, and yeah. somebody will be yelling at me as i'm running by i'm like yeah. what am i like I'm, we're all out we're, here. I was, I was like, I gave you as much space to the left as I possibly could. Yeah. Like, did you want me to like tap you on the shoulder? Would that have made it better? Yeah. <laughs> or is that... no, rub, rub the shoulders. They were expecting something. <laughs> Throw Lance, something at them Lance on Romance. the way. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, Lance? Or do you want to? Um, I think I, I think the other stuff will come up. My other oh, big yeah. thing okay. is, is holding your line. 
but hold no, your line. And I think his done. dentist <laughs> one too is make sure you brush your teeth before Please going to the Yeah, there you go. Oh. Yes. Before you go to Quick, get your teeth cleaned. <laughs> yes. Actually, that That's was disgusting. on my list of things. If oh, I can, okay. It was you like, it was, no, it was, um, you know, and this is actually more of like a, a fear, right? So it's like right before I go to the pool, I often swim at like 10 in the morning, which isn't like super early, but it's like, make sure you brush your teeth before you share a lane with like three or four people. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Brush your teeth because you're going to be like, you're right next to these people and you're in their face and you're breathing and you're just cool. like, my fear is that I have like horrible coffee breath and I'm like, <laughs> you're oh, shoving oh, your face oh. in the water in like two no, seconds. No, but like <laughs> you finish an interval and you're breathing in someone's face. That was a tough 50. Oh, oh, coffee. Oh. <laughs> I could share some so that's terribly my... disgusting oh, oh, no. <laughs> mouth odor stories, oh, no. but I'm not going okay. to because... We appreciate it's disgusting. That. Okay. okay, so let me give another etiquette one because Lance kind of stole mine. And uh, and it also has to do with swimming. In open water swimming, it is okay to hit the person's feet in front of you when you are drafting someone, but you can't do it like 20 times. <laughs> I mean, tapping tap their feet right. as, so you're, as you're drafting you can, them? You yeah. can draft me all day long. That's yep. fine. And I'm, I do have a video that I'm going to do on like open water drafting, and I think it's going to come out in like... Um, a week and a half. Okay. But, you know, and I'll mention this in there, but like, you know, when you're swimming, you want to be about half a foot to a foot behind the person that you're swimming and you want to draft them if you can, right? So if they're the right pace and all this stuff, but you're okay to hit their feet once, but if you're constantly hitting their feet, that is just not yeah. cool. Yeah. And it's, it's going to cause two problems. Also, it's gonna, yeah, you're going to. Also, gonna, hip. So actually, to, to, to go off you, it's actually better for drafting to be next to the hip. Yeah. Right. This was now yeah, I think I think this is that. I think this is contested, but mm, I think if you're yeah. on the hip it's better. Which would take you know, I mean I'd rather somebody smell my hip than somebody sit there and smack my foot each do time I, coming yeah. through. Do I have to shave yeah. my arms and my legs for that? You have do to, you? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. See previous podcast <laughs> for shaving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Evan, how about you? Uh okay, I got I got a funny story to tell and then so I've I've this was another thing me and Matt talked about on our run. We just talked about so many life things yeah. on there. Yeah. So we need longer runs, I guess. We do need longer runs. We need to fit in more. So um when you're when you are racing, and this is for triathlon before we get to cycling etiquette, we can talk about that later. For triathlon nutrition, like you know, so every mile on the run you got your little nutrition, you know, people holding out the water, mm. people holding out the gels. There is the, I, we're, we're racing and I'm all for race tactics. I will do anything to annoy you and get in your head during a race, but it's going to, it's got to be respectful to a certain extent. Right. I'm trying to hurt you as a racer, not trying to actually kill you. So if you are impeding, blocking, or using any tactics in a nutrition area, that's, that is, that's questionable because okay. for, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell us, I had a local race a long time ago. Um, I was coming up on the guy who was leading the race at the time, and <clears throat> I was coming up on him pretty quick, and we both knew that I was a, a quicker runner. And Matt Matt has a similar story too, but there's... Uh, so the guy goes... This is a smaller race, so there's only two people handing out nutrition at this. This is mile five, so of a 10K, mile five. Um, I've made up probably a minute on this guy, and I'm going to pass him, and he decides that he's going to take the first water and then goes with his left hand and smacks down the water from the what? next guy. Yeah, Smoothest move I've ever seen. I mean, like, really, he did it pretty, like, pretty smooth. 
So I don't get any nutrition here. He was denying you he, water he by denied knocking me the other water. one out of her hand. Yes. Now, some people would say, like, oh, was he going to grab both? No, no. This was, I know this guy, and it was, a, yeah. it was a tactful move, and I will not say who this was. <laughs> I will not say the race either. But so what, what I did instead was I went with kind of more of a track strategy at that point. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to, if anything, that just made me angry, and I wanted to intimidate him at that point, right. which is poor on my part, poor etiquette. There were two poor etiquettes here. And I go to run by him now, and I make sure that my right shoulder makes pretty solid contact right. with his left shoulder. I think that's I make fair. Sh- I make sure there was a message sent there yeah. <laughs> and drop them by probably 30 seconds yeah. by the finish. But yeah, it was, there's, if, if you're in a nutrition area, I've even in races, and I know Matt, you've probably done this too, and Lance, you, you go and grab a water, and if there's a guy who's struggling behind you, you, you grab him. another one yes. and, gra- and, and you, you hand it, it to him. him. Yeah, I've even yeah. poured water over people, grabbed yeah. an ice for him especially at the Ironman races where you yeah. got Red Bull, Coke, this and that, and somebody misses what they want, and just just grab one for them. I mean, it's, you yeah. know, there's like 20 people there handing out whatever, just, you know, that is that really going to save you any time? I'm not getting it out of hand. I mean, I, I do that at wedding reception lines, <laughs> but I'm not going to do it in a race. <laughs> yeah. This isn't this isn't a bar where you're, like, trying to get last call, and you're, right. like, you know, trying to squeeze in with somebody in the, yeah, but that's that, that that's my my race etiquette. That has been something I still chuckle about to this yeah, day. Yeah, so. that's a pretty poor form. Like, oh, it goodness, was it was poor that's form. Tough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fun. Yeah, <laughs> Jake, you you ever had anything like that with uh, through the nutrition areas of a race? Have any guy uh, pull tactics? No, not yet. I mean, cycling. I never saw that. Yeah, happen in cycling. It, yeah. it it's not really that that big of a deal. Or at least it's not something I've necessarily dealt with. So. Yeah. As a matter of fact, in, in a lot of the races that I've been, I've even had people like or watched it happen. Like, hey, I, you know, like I lost a water bottle and I had people offer me theirs that yeah. weren't even on my team. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's usually pretty helpful that way. You race with a lot of these guys over and over again, and you mm-hmm. guys tend to become friends and you want them to be there at the end so that you can duke it out. You don't want somebody to fall out just because, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for, for me, I, I think that etiquette just kind of starts with the general rule of thumb of, don't be an a-hole, you know, kind of let that, that, that govern the way that you go about your business and, you know, let that be your, your rudder in terms of how you go about doing stuff. You know, sometimes there's stuff that people do that they just don't know about. You know, if a, if a person's grabbing brakes in a, in a, you know, in a group ride or in a race or something like that, chances are they probably just don't know that they're not supposed to do that. And, um, you know, if they're, they're not holding their line and, and we've had people on our team that have done that kind of stuff on a group line, right. And it's more of like, Hey, you can't do this and this is why. And then they don't do it again. Yeah. It's the a-hole that does that because I'm going to go right here and I feel like I'm going to go right here and, and you're going to have to just deal with it. And, and you, then they start becoming unsafe. And, yeah. and I dealt with a lot of that this past week and I was really kind of floored by how prevalent that was out there. I, it probably happened to me four or five times during the race. And this isn't even talking about that last 1K, but during the race, I mean, guys, it's like they're, there's I'm on somebody's wheel. Like they're three inches off I'm three inches off their back wheel. Guy just basically comes right into me because he wants to be in on that line. On the line and he wants to, you know, get get his drafting and he doesn't want to be stuck out there. It's like, no, I'm right here. What are you doing? And and me being new in there, I'm like, all right, well I don't know any of these guys. Maybe that's protocol. I don't know. And so you want me to attach like a switchblade or something to your bike? <laughs> because I feel like we can remedy some of the problems you're seeing by just yeah. you know, you, you they, they take your line and then it's like razor blade to their tire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could do like the Batmobile stuff, you know, like so. you drop something out the back of your, you know, yeah. wheel. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll do a few more races. We'll see how it goes yeah. and, and yeah. if it becomes a, a consistent problem. Um 
I, I know people that sit on the board of directors for Obra, so yeah. maybe I'll have to have a talk with yeah. them. So. Is there is there so I know we we've I've I've had this conversation with the pro Peloton before talking about how on the world tour even there's always a patron of the Peloton. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Jan's Voigt was that for years. Fabian Cancellara was yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, did you notice during that race? Was there anybody in there, or a couple guys, or a team that you noticed was? Um, you know, I, I kind of conducting what was going on. There was a team in there that was being a little bit more proactive than the others. And it's been kind of normal. I don't want to point fingers at anybody right now. And I don't want to call in any team names, um, just because I'm too new and and I don't want to be that guy that comes in thinking he knows everything. Cause really I don't, I'm still trying to get acclimated to what this is, but. But you've still um, been racing for a long time. Like like just because you're a two, some of those guys are young and I've only been racing for three, four years. Yeah. So uh, that stuff will all kind of rear its head in, in time. And I was told by, I mentioned that I rode with Chris Wagner from um, another team, and he was an old teammate of mine. He did say that it was a little atypical. He said it was a little bit more surgery, a little bit more twitchy. And um, so I, I'm just going to chalk it up to being just one of those races. And, and guys just get agitated when they're dehydrated. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's yeah. that, that's just the bottom line. Yeah. So. There was, I know um, uh, when, when I was racing threes, we kind of had um, some of the older guys who had been there for a while that were, because there was a ton of young guys in Ohio that, that were threes. Yeah, so. Yeah. I remember I was probably part of the problem of the young guys who just like aren't thinking through stuff. Yeah. But we definitely had uh, a couple guys who had been racing threes for like they were in their forties. I've been racing threes for like fifteen years. Yeah, and they they definitely were like the patrons of Ohio Southern Road Racing, yeah. and they yeah. would make sure that the young guys weren't you know doing dumb stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll have to report back to you on that one and, and let yeah. you know in time how that all comes about. So. Um, Anyway, uh, another couple things, and I'm, I don't know, I, I, I wrote this down because it's something that, that bothers me, but then I got to thinking about something we talked about on a prior podcast, but have you ever guys ever been on a ride and a guy shows up and he's just got like massive amounts of cologne on? You guys ever noticed that before? <laughs> and then I started thinking, I'm like, wait it's a second. For the ladies. Remember that one time, Jake, that you sprayed that Bear Glove body spray all Bear over your glove. stuff because your, your kit stunk? I'm like, hold on a second. Am I, I, am I own, that guy. Am I <laughs> own pet peeve here? Am I? <laughs> yeah. So I can't like, smell anything. So, so I'm not good yeah. with the smell so stuff. I was, yeah. I was going to say that one. So, but I don't think I can. No, I don't. Well, I, I don't think that I deserve what, the what right. If, what if a rule of etiquette was like no offensive smells, whether that's yeah. like coffee breath and you're swimming yeah. next to someone, or like how ridiculous amounts you, of I cologne. can't get over the fact, Matt. How are you, <laughs> you hold on. Do you, <laughs> how, are, Evan. how are you able? Like once you stick your face in the water, I couldn't smell anything but chlorine for an entire hour. Yeah. Maybe I'm just scared that I'm gonna offend someone, like you know. Or do you not make out? Do you not make out with your other lane mates? <laughs> I don't that's usually. No, I mean like we do after fifties every once in a while, but that's. Like, yeah. I also have like fifty year old lane mates. Maybe it's an age gap. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Come, maybe come swim with me, Evan. Okay. <laughs> I'm missing so, out on that party. Yeah. I'll, I'll punt on the cologne one with one caveat here. Don't show up to a ride with patchouli. If you have patchouli, if you put patchouli, it's it's a it's kind of that earthy cologne that oh, can we please do this? synonymous <laughs> with like hippies and whatnot. Oh. Um, if you're on my group ride, you're in the back, buddy. I'm sorry, but that stuff is just rancid. But um, I'll, I'll punt on all that with that one exception. And, and there's I'll, somebody listening to this right now, so offended. They're like, Jake, I wear that every day, and it's it's the smell of Pacific Northwest. And guess what, buddy? You stink. <laughs> Oh, I hate that stuff. Anyway, um, and, and those I'll let you guys smell some of this stuff later, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, and you'll agree with me, hopefully. Wait, so so is it poor etiquette for me to show up at a group ride without shaved legs? No. no. Yes. No. I got yes and two no's. No, it's going to slow you down. So Evan's just things. joking. It depends on the time of year. It okay. depends on the, If it is 
July and your legs are not shaved? Like, I'm just asking, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what are you How doing? How about this? If you've lost your fantasy football league and you and you show up and you don't have waxed legs, then yeah. yes. That's we, okay. we have a problem. That's a, that's a problem. We should probably be careful. That's a reference <laughs> to right. our last podcast yeah. which we talked about shaving. So if you haven't listened to that one, this might not make as much sense. <laughs> <laughs> our jokes might not be as funny as we think they are. Yeah. yeah. yeah so if, if I'm laughing at myself, that's all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Funny to me. Yeah. So um, anyway, the, the, the one other one that I, I think is something that we really need to pay special attention is don't yell at people. Like if you're yes. riding in a group and somebody's doing something wrong, don't be the a-hole that comes up yelling at somebody at the top of your lungs just because you're a little upset. Or me. They, they screwed up. I mean, they, they made a mistake. And that's that's not making anybody make friends. And you're going right. to you know you're gonna accomplish a lot more by just going up and having like an honest conversation with them without right. the a-holery in there, yeah. if that's even a word. Yeah. And um, you know, getting, a, getting your point across. Now, if they're a habitual problem, then you know what you do? You just ask them not to ride with you, but we don't need to be yelling at each other, especially when we're, we're trying to bring more people into cycling and they're going to make mistakes. Let them make their mistakes, teach them, you know, and, and take the time to, you know, build the cycling community and show them the ropes because we were all there at one point in time. There was all, yeah. all of us had our very first group ride and, and yep. within those first couple of group rides, we did stupid stuff yeah. and the veterans come up and they let you know. And yeah. you always remember that one guy that was always yelling and screaming and, and you know what? That I to this day I still will think that that guy's an a hole and I right. don't you know I don't have any you know compassion for him for any. I remember all. like one of my first group rides riding the or it wasn't really one of the first ones but anyway it was one of them and I was riding the arrow bars in a pack and someone was like oh, uh, Matt that's not <laughs> a good idea no it's a horrible your idea. your hands aren't on your brakes yeah it yeah. was and it was like clip on arrow bars and they were like get on you know get on your hoods if you're in the pack you know they yelled at me but it was. It was uh, Bob Croucher, and he is super nice. Like, he yelled at me, but it was, like, with a nice intention of, like, was trying caring, to save yeah. my life, right? right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's good etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> try, try it. Try it, guys. All right. We're going to grab topic number two now. Um, this one's kind of a broad one. We can spend a lot of time talking about it, and we can take it in a million different directions. But we're going to talk about eating strategies. And I, I, I'm really fascinated by this, but I'm also at the same time just – I want to express a little bit of caution that we don't want this to, to lead down any road for anybody to do a deep dive and, and kind of fall off a cliff or get into um, you know, bad habits or having yeah. you know disorders. This or, is also di disclaimer. None of us are nutritionists here. So these are personal opinions from people yeah. who are exper and exper experiences. Yeah. Yeah, a couple exactly. medical professionals here and people who race, nobody's a nutritionist. Right. So that is, these and, are opinions. Yeah. And that's the fear is like, we joke about our weight on this podcast all the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like, you know, I just, you know, when I coach high school athletes, let's, we just never touch on the subject and we, sh and we never will because there's a lot of fear of, you know, developing eating disorders yeah. of some sort. So yeah. it's, um, and this might all sound like a canned, like PC response nope. for us, but this is honest and sincere. I don't want this to lead to be a problem with people. Right. And, no. but at the same time, I think that we do need to talk about it think, because I it's pretty it's, open about it's good. It's yeah. prevalent in all of our disciplines, everything yes. that we do. And it's, you know, it's stuff that's constantly in and front of us is, in life. In the, in the age of the internet, I feel like, and Matt, you're, you're on the front front lines of this. I mean, in the age of the internet with high schoolers growing up, now there's so much more. I mean, any young male or female, but just as an example, like a young male can go online and watch Galen Rupp run right. and see like my body doesn't look like that. Like yeah. I want to look like, you know, there was a time where you just see magazine pictures and that's about all you see, but you're not constantly bombarded with right. this is what an elite runner's <clears throat> body looks like or this is what an elite cyclist body looks like, you know, or you hear the stories in cycling about, um, tell a quick, like, Real quick story. Um, Jan Ulrich, anybody who knows German, uh, the Kaiser was, you know, 
very, very strong German cyclist in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, kind of disgraced now, but well. very, very strong cyclist at one time. He had a, you know, eating disorder issues with, he was a heavier set guy who would go through major, bit, you know, like binging and then depriving before mm-hmm. uh, the Tour de France. He would drop like 10, 20 pounds before the Tour. And just that was, I think what people in cycling at that period were talking about, like, oh, I got to get this light to be fast. And the methods that people were going around was dangerous. So I think talking about this is important because, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, you hear, you know, what's your FTP? What do you weigh then? What's your watts per kilo? Like, those numbers only mean so much if they're sustainable. So, right. So, you know, when he mentions watts per kilo, he's talking about the amount of power that you can put through the bike. And then, Mm. you know, kilo would just be like weight, how much you actually weight. So one of the cycling metrics that people use a lot of times, especially at the pro level is watts per kilo. So a little bit of back history on that. It's so, so because weight is important, especially if you're climbing a lot and, um, you know, that that watts per kilo number is is somewhat critical. So it's tricky. It's a tricky balance where we want to discuss nutrition, but we don't want to have people be like, nope, you got to starve yourself. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's just talk about the basic fundamentals. I mean, our body has what's called a basal metabolic rate. Yeah. So that's the, the, the number of calories that our body burns on a daily basis mm-hmm. just to survive. That's all of our bodily functions. Um, you know, breathing and heart rate and all yep. that other fun stuff. And then we add on top of that our physical activity that we need to get through the day to propel ourselves to walk around. I mean, from walking from here to the refrigerator to go, you know, toss back yep. whatever's in the fridge takes calories to get there. But um, it, it ends up becoming just kind of a basic math problem for a lot of people that, mm-hmm. that aren't in like, you know, the the, the athletic realm or in the, mm-hmm. the high, you know, endurance or you know, just athletes in general, for them, it just becomes a basic math problem. If you're putting in four or 5,000 calories in your body and you're only burning, you know, two 2,500 calories a day, you're going to have a a net positive calorie and and your body's super efficient about holding on to that because our bodies, it it doesn't have a brain. It doesn't know when it's getting its next meal. So it's going to want to hold on to that for future needs. Right. Winter's coming. Exactly. Winter's coming. You got to get ready. Yeah. So I think for us as athletes, we still need to abide by that to a certain degree, but we need to make sure that we're not getting out of control. I mean, I, I don't yeah. think that anything, what's the old saying, you know, what comes fast won't last. I mean, you, you yes. basically need yes. to, you need to take the long, you need to play the long game and that's what's going to pay the most benefits over the course of time. So don't try and lose, you know, 20 pounds in yes. two weeks. It's just not reasonable. And, and, it's mm-hmm. not going to last. You're going to go through this whole yo-yoing cycle. Yeah. You know, take the long approach and start with the basics of just looking at your caloric intake. Then you can clean that up to the next level. You can start looking yeah. at the kind of calories that you're putting in your body, looking at your macronutrients and, and figuring out, all right, well, I put in 2,500 calories in my body. Where did that come from? Was it all derived from, you know, Doritos and Skittles? Or was it like... <laughs> <love> Doritos. <laughs> Is that not good? Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. But it yeah, makes you go fast. Talking talking about... So so getting into the, the, the physiology of this, I think it's important to... Um, there's probably a lot of people out there that try, try to do the math on their caloric intake. Um, I'll play devil's advocate here and say, I think you need to listen to your body and ignore the math to some extent. Mm-hmm. So... That BMR, if you plug it, BMR, basal metabolic rate, you're resting what your body burns throughout the day. That is a heavily guesstimated number. If you type in your weight, so if you go online, I'm sure there are people who have done this. You go online, you type in your weight, your age, your height. You're going to give, are you active, very active, not active, sedentary? Yeah. Those are very, 
general groups. Those do not take into account your genetic ability to fat metabolize, mm-hmm. your own trained ability to fat mm-hmm. metabolize, also cortisol at that time, how much stress is in your life, mm-hmm. are you sleeping well, all these things. Or your muscle mass. Your muscle mass, mm-hmm. everything like that. So that that BMR number is a wide range. And I think people need to understand that because let's say that you are Lance when he was working 60 hours a week, not sleeping well, family stress, business stress, everything like that. Cortisol is very good at it. It's, it changes our metabolic rate. So when we are stressed, we are, our body's going to go protective. So it's the same idea as when we're starving ourselves. So if you're trying to drop 20 pounds before a race and you starve yourself, okay, cool. You drop 10, 15 pounds here. You're dehydrated. What your body does, your body responds to that. Your body's not going to maintain the same BMR. It's going to drop that BMR because it it's our, just like you said, our body doesn't have a brain as instincts. Yeah, it's, yeah, protective. Yeah. And we are still primal in that sense to where we're, our bodies still act like we're nomadic cavemen mm-hmm. because now our body does not want to at rest be burning as many calories because it's like, well, I don't know when I'm going to get my next meal. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to rate, I'm going to lower this BMR so that we are safe. And that's what your body does. Now your body doesn't realize all of a sudden, Oh, okay. I can go back to the, the original BMR we were at before. If you continue to do that to yourself, you're going to lower that metabolic rate. Mm-hmm. So our, our metabolism is very affected by inconsistent. I mean, if we're inconsistent with that, our body's going to go through these big changes Yep. Yep. and you just, people have got to be careful with that when they plug in and say, Oh, I'm burning 2,500 calories with my BMR. I need to be taking in this many calories a day. And if you just work off that math equation, you're not taking in sleep, stress, everything like that, that can affect those yeah. numbers. So yeah. I think just listening yeah. to your body is the key. You got to yeah. listen to your body. Yeah. But it, it, at the same time, you just want to get in the ballpark. I yes. mean, you, you, yes. right. you exactly. can have a ballpark idea. Nothing, nothing's going to be yeah. an exact science, but yeah. again, if you're, you're going in there and you're, you're hypothetically guessing that your BMR then, well, maybe it's 3,500 calories yeah. or maybe it's <laughs> yeah. like a thousand. I mean, that that's what throws big curveballs. And yes, yeah. we need to take all those variables into, into consideration. And if you mm-hmm. have issues with any of those variables, that's probably a pretty good time to go and consult with a nutritionist and yes. talk about yes. what's going on with you in your life. So our assumptions are that you're getting ample rest. Mm-hmm. That you are, um, you know, you kind of have an idea of where that's at. You, that you don't have too much stress in, in your life, and you know, um, you know, kind of like you have a, a good working relationship with your your body and life, mm-hmm. and, and you're not dealing with all kinds of like curveballs. Yeah. Um, if you if you've got all those curveballs coming at you in life, it might not be a bad idea to to go and consult with somebody. This is a this is a hard hard thing. It's something that me personally I've struggled with my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. I have. I have yo-yoed back and forth mm-hmm. quite a bit. And it's that same cycle where I'll go through a period of higher stress or I'm injured and mm-hmm. can't really be very active and ice cream tastes good. Yeah. So, 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 so our caveman really likes yeah. There's the psychology of when you get hurt too. It's yes. depressing because you can't be out doing what you love. Right. right. So so I, I've, I've struggled with it quite a bit. I mean, over the last 20 years, I would fluctuate between race season and out of race season or being injured or not injured. And, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't know that I've figured it out. I don't think well, anybody has. Don't worry. <laughs> but you're doing, it. Still working you're doing a pretty good job of it, though, Lance. I mean, you, you got injured. And you 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 put on a little bit of weight. I stopped eating ice cream. Period. <laughs> it sucks. But you know, and, and you've lost a lot of weight quickly. But I think that your body, 
responds well to exercise, and you're exercising yes. like a madman, but you're also eating healthy. You're you're yes. you're eating consistently good food, and you're not um, getting out of control. So it you know, I, I, there's a there's a balance between between focusing on what you know you need to do and not letting it lead to an eating disorder, and that can be yes. a difficult thing to yes. do. I yes. have I have a younger brother, um, who is. Um, kind of an amazing story, but uh, my little brother, who's two years younger than me, uh, was 350 pounds. Yeah. He was a big boy. And in the space of a year or a year and a half or something like that, he lost 160 pounds and ran a wow. marathon. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. So super inspiring story. And he didn't, he did it not with fad diets or the latest fad or the latest, you know, he, he just did it by focusing on eating right and trying to up his exercise without having his body fall apart. There you go. Yeah. Slow, slowly, but consistently. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so, so speaking of fad diet, let, let, let's get into some, some fad diets here. I think that that's, that's kind of the, the, the core of, of this, of this topic because there's a lot right now. Yeah. And I mean, we see them all over our Facebook feeds. Everybody's got one that they can mention. Yeah, I mean, we can get yeah. just this laundry list of them. I mean, you yeah. hear about you know paleo diet, you've got the keto diet, you've got you know South Beach diet, it, it, the Mediterranean. There's just all these diets. I'm like, why? I mean, yeah. it's just it's like, is it somebody trying to pitch something or? Yeah. We're, we're, are we? What are we chasing now? Or don't tell me again. Like, oh, we're not eating fats today. Or no, yeah. no, it's carbs. We're not doing carbs right now. Yeah. Oh, oh, my bad. My Butter's whole, bad. My whole yeah. plan is to come up with a big fad diet and be able to sell it and then retire. The ice cream diet. The ice cream diet. You have one scoop of ice cream a day. Yeah. There you go. And that's it. <laughs> and and you lose a pound for two weeks, <laughs> and then you go back to yeah. ice cream. <laughs> the spoon is really small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Evan, what's your biggest uh, pet peeve in terms of diets oh, out there? I've got I've got a bunch of pet peeves on this. I'll try to keep this short. Um, so. Here's, here's my general rule. If you are attempting a diet, a big change in your own diet, the uh -huh. word diet should just be what you consistently eat. What yeah. that, so if you're going to make adjustments to what your intake is, you've got to realize that if what you're doing is causing a significant amount of stress in your life, I bring up stress a lot here. I really mm. do. Are you stressed out? Uh, no, I'm, I'm actually pretty <laughs> low. We, me and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty low stress by nature. I yeah, really man. am. I just, I just, just, I just care about you. But we both, <laughs> but like, we, we, we both like, Lance like, like you, you saw, <laughs> we should do a dating thing on this where like Lance just gives me life, life advice on this. But, but so, I mean, like Lance, we, we've both seen a lot of patients that have a heavy amount of stress in their life and just the effect on them. Yes. And here's the thing. If your diet especially is causing you more stress in your life, I talk about the effects of cortisol on here a lot. That is not helping your long-term health and weight loss. Mm -hmm. If weight loss is your goal, a stressful diet is not helping things. Also, with fad diets, so... Here was the original purpose, and I am sure, oh man, if, if I get comments on here about paleo diets, I'm, I'm going to open up a Pandora's box here, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. So the original purpose of the paleo diet was to go back to what your ancestors ate like. That was the overall premise of it. Mm -hmm. That has been, you know, butchered, I think, over time and not very misunderstood, I would say. So let's say that you are German and from Germany, and eat a heavy sauerkraut and sausage diet for um, your entire you know, life, basically. And let's say that your ancestors did too. You doing a hard switch to being vegan in the middle of an endurance season 
is going to be very stressful on your body. It is. Now, I'm not saying that being vegan is wrong. I think there's plenty of benefits to being vegan. But if that is not what your body has been experiencing for the last 20 years, there's going to be a big change there. And you've got to understand that. So I think with something like paleo, you've got to look at what have I been eating for the last 10 years? Where can I make small changes? And then maybe I'll progress towards something like that. But you, these big, hard changes are going to make make a difference there there you know your body isn't just gonna at the snap of a finger adjust so i think things like intermittent fasting and looking at when you're eating what time you're eating and how you're eating are a little bit more effective i i don't consider intermittent fasting like a fad diet and i'm biased because i really do support it but i see things like you know i mean i know there's a lot of good research behind keto i understand the idea behind keto i understand the idea behind increasing fat metabolism but you've got to consider what that's going to do on your stress levels. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah. I, I just, I, I looked into that personally and I just mm-hmm. don't see it being something that is sustainable with this yeah. day and age and where we live and what we do and the food that we have access to. I just don't see it being something that's sustainable or easily done for that matter. Mm-hmm. So, but if somebody's out there and it's working for them right. and they've yeah. consulted with their medical professionals and it's something that they can push forward with, great mm-hmm. but it's not my it's not my cup of tea and that's and that's a problem with with social media somebody will post up and be like hey this worked great for me yeah and here's the thing is you can know everything you want about the paleo diet or keto but you've got to <clears throat> as as a medical professional and i deal with this all the time because people ask me diet advice as a physical therapist yeah. and i'm not qualified to answer that so i tell them go see a nutritionist but yep. i tell them look like just because somebody on facebook told you that it worked for them uh your physiology is different yeah. every single human being's physiology is different yeah so the other preference we should say like before we dive too deep into all this stuff is like any diet that you read on facebook or you even if you're reading like a nice thick book it's like full of journal articles or whatever it should all be met with like a healthy dose dose of skepticism don't you think like, yes all absolutely. of us should absolutely. be like super skeptical of everything just because the the history there is just we've seen so many fad diets come and go so anybody who tells you to remove an entire macronutrient from your diet should be met with a <laughs> heavy amount of skepticism or if a some, chuckle and just walk yes. away <laughs> if somebody tells you no more carbs you should yeah. be like mm, i'm gonna need i'm gonna need a lot of research multiple opinions and a long period of time adjustment before i believe that so yeah. Matt and I are going to start the ice cream diet. I yeah. think it's brilliant. Well, I, I, mean, I can buy into that. It's, I like that. It's $25 <laughs> per year to be a part of our fad diet yes. group. Yeah. So. Send out invitations. Yeah. Does, does the type of that ice cream matter? Does that matter? Oh, yeah. Okay. Rocky Road. I'll, I'll read the book first. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. Now, Evan, you've been using intermittent fasting for a while, and I think you touched upon that in our, our yeah. last podcast. Um, Lance, is it something that you have looked into as well? Um, for the last, like, three weeks or so I've been doing the yeah. intermittent fasting and um, my, my for those who don't know with, with intermittent fasting you you only eat during a certain stretch during the day so you only eat like from 1 p.m. till 8 p.m. and then you don't eat again until the following day at 1 p.m. it's not like you're skipping breakfast you're just giving your body a chance to recover and and how would you describe yeah the, that's it, and and, and I think the time window can adjust depending on yeah. what your schedule is like. But the, the, the goal is to, to increase your body's effectiveness with fat metabolism. Right. So you're just trying to not, you know, it goes against the snack, like eat eight small meals. Right. It's like eat it's two meals opposite. basically a day. Yeah. I, I was worried that I would be starving and it has just not been the case at all. It has yeah. been um, fairly easy to do. And 
it's helped. I'm, it, it's it's kind of kickstarted things a little bit for me too. Yeah, so I've actually been doing it as well for I'm, I'm coming up on like two and a half, almost three months, uh-huh. and I, I was struggling. I, I use that word loosely, but I, you know, we, we get back to cycling, and it, it is beneficial to be lighter. Your watts per kilogram, the the comparison of how much power your body can produce to your weight as it pertains to how fast you can go up a hill, can be tremendously affected by you know being ten pounds lighter. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm I'm not one of those emaciated like you know looking like I haven't eaten in, in a year kind of thing. You know, you see that a little bit on the pro tour, but. Um, you know, at the same time, I, you know, I'm kind of a bigger guy, you know, I don't have the typical cyclist build, but I was stuck at like, you know, 190 and sometimes during, during the times of the year, you know, it would go up to like 195, 196, 197. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm a cheeseburger and a piece of pizza away from racing in the Clydesdales. Maybe I should just do that instead. <laughs> but, um, I, I, that's not where I want to be. And I, I don't think that I should be racing in that class. And so, you know, I would get down and I'd work my butt off and I'd get down to like, like 190. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> something's not something's not clicking because I'm eating pretty clean. I'm I'm checking right. my calories and I'm I'm trying to make sure that I'm not going over like kind of like an, a rough ballpark idea of how many calories I thought I should be burning. And you know, and I would obviously increase that if I had like a heavy training day and whatnot. But I was always trying to to stay where I was, you know, just a few calories less than what I thought my body was burning. I still couldn't get below. And then finally, I'm like, all right, I went into my doctor, got my annual physical. And he's like, you got any questions or comments or concerns? And I told him that story. I'm like, I'm struggling. I can't get below this. He's like, have you looked into intermittent fasting? I'm like, yeah. well, I, I've seen it. I've, I've kind of had, had a couple of like, you know, you know, blogs or something like that I've read yeah. about it. He's like, look into it, read it, just right. read up on it just a little bit more. And I did. Yeah. I think a lot of physicians are going to start recommending it because there's so like much yeah. research right now coming out in like the, some of it's coming, you know, Bay area, you know, and it's just like a lot of things along the lines of like, they're doing it with people that are going through chemotherapy and things like that. And they're yes. just seeing really yeah. interesting I results. Mean, I've got a, a list here. I mean, it's just like may help prevent Alzheimer's. It might, um, right. is good for your brain. It's, uh, might help prevent cancer. Um, cellular repair. I mean, there's just a laundry list of things. And if you go start to do some of the research and look at the medical journals, not some Yahoo that's writing a book that he's trying to sell there, there's research that keeps coming out and they've been using this for some time for a lot of different people that have different medical conditions. So anyway, looked into it, tried it. And then all of a sudden I went from being, I think when I started, I was 194. And now I think the last time I weighed myself was 182. And I wanted to get to 180. I'm just about there. My goal was to be at 180 pounds for the State Road Racing Championship, oh, yeah. which is still a little bit heavy for a cyclist. You're 6'2"? How I'm, tall are you? I'm six foot tall. Six, I just, six foot. Yeah, I carry a lot of muscle mass. I he can, puts on a lot of watts. Yeah. yeah. I can walk into a gym and just smell the weights, and I'll put on five pounds. So <laughs> it's just one of those crazy things. But um, anyhow, I, you know, it, it's worked out pretty well yeah. for me. And I can feel – I feel – Better, yeah, I, I really right. do. And for anybody who wants to to, to research this stuff yourself, yes. um, I I will say, be specific about the search engines you're using. Um, you you can Google, that's fine. But look at PubMed, right? P U B M E D. Look at m- different medical journals, anything like that, because that is where you're going to see. Um, I know I mentioned a lot about studies. All all the studies I'm referencing are what we call randomized control trials. Occasionally, there are some case series, is what they'll call a case series would be one uh, a couple studies of one subject mm-hmm. and they kind of bring those studies together and say like hey this is what these eight different case studies said about this but a randomized control trial has blinds which is um basically where you are trying to take away the placebo effect which is another argument but right. it's the goal of a blind is to take away the placebo um and they're very you know stronger studies if it's a bigger randomized control trial 
Um, I'm not saying like, obviously anybody here is not in the medical field. I'm not saying you have to like read through the methods section of the study and like assess the, the quality of it, but it's better than typing into Google and going onto some, some what guy's blog. What who's about, sitting there talking what about, about my, my cousin posted this one thing that he lost some weight on Facebook. That's a good place too, right? Yes. Yeah. Fit. No. Personal post from <laughs> Facebook. Or no, no. And this is, and this is the, the, the thing about it is, I mean, we weight. I think is a, in, in endurance sports, whether we try to not talk about it or not, it is, it's important. And I'm more being a medical professional. I'm more concerned about people doing this healthy than what people's FTP is. And that's, so when we're talking about Watts per kilo, so, so, so I'll play devil's advocate here. And Matt had mentioned this before where you can be fast for a year oh. if you're losing a lot of weight, Yeah. but there's going to be some long-term effects here. So Let's look at some cyclists who have lost significant amount of weight and used to um, actually dope with cortisol. If you looked at some positive tests when guys test positive for cortisol, you're like, why are guys testing positive for cortisol? So before big races, they would use cortisol to literally eat away their own skeletal muscle. So stress causes you to lose skeletal muscle. That is, your body will start using that as an energy source, which is an incredibly inefficient thing. Our, our body can be really dumb sometimes, but... Why they would do that is if you look at a guy like, I don't want to toss out pro names here, I know, but like if you look at the really gaunt guys in the 90s who were racing the tour when weight became very important, their bodies were eating away their skeletal muscle when they were doping prior to those races because they would use cortisol to drop a little bit more weight. Hmm. So that's how these guys who can put out massive amounts of watts in short periods of time, now they would they would dose this specifically. They'd have a doctor, you know, they weren't like taking in a ton of cortisol and dropping all their skeletal muscle. They would do it specifically, but your body, when you're stressed about your diet and your weight, is not microdosing cortisol into your system. You will lose the ability to put out hard, you know, good watts as you drop that weight if you drop it too fast. Yeah. And I mean, I can speak from personal yeah. experience. I know anybody who knows me personally know I went through a period where I had two stress fractures in what was probably my fastest, what, what could have potentially been my fastest season. Mm -hmm. But I dropped down very, very light for a six foot tall person. Um, and I was noticed I had a lot of stress in my life at that time, and I was losing skeletal mass. And hmm. that was, I think, what led to a stress fracture at some point. So Ouch. I'm just giving people the you got to be careful, consistent, and be nice to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the best thing. Be nice to yourself. Yeah. Better. I, I do know that I, I do want to get to a certain amount, but you know, I don't want to get to the point where, I, well, if I hit 180, what if I get down to 170? What if I get down to 165? Yeah, you know, yeah, I for yeah. me, I think that I'll start to lose my power, mm -hmm. and I, 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 that's not something that I want to and lose. You're, I, just and you're doing to, it in the right way. Yeah, I mean, you're slowly getting so there, yeah. slowly getting down there, finding that little balance point, finding out mm -hmm. what works well for you, and knowing when enough is enough, and and just kind of holding it there. You know, don't yeah. don't don't overdo it. Yeah, you know, have a healthy body image. Yes, you know, have a healthy approach to what you're doing. Um, you know, go to the grocery store and, and shop the perimeter. Exactly. Stay away from those middle aisles. Exactly. Of the produce. Exactly. Yeah. Stay away from the processed stuff. Eat all your fresh produce. And, you know, if you if you do the meat thing, you know, get some fresh organic cuts of stuff that hasn't been, like, pumped full, all kinds of which, crazy. Which is a different way to think about it, which I think is really cool. It's like, hey, eat more. Like, this is your diet. Eat more of this. Eat yeah. more. You get to, this is, yes. you know, this is the cool, yeah. my cool thoughts on diet is like, hey, I know my diet's not that great, like, but if I if my goal is to eat more vegetables, eat more salad, yeah. like, then you your your mind is like, okay, I'm not starving myself. I'm right. gonna get some, you know, I'm gonna eat some really tasty vegetables. Yeah. I'm gonna hit that produce yeah. section. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I think that we could 
perseverate on this and we could go on yep, for days okay. and days and we could go on for um you know We're all kinds of time and mm-hmm. I, I do think it would actually because i'm kind of a believer in the intermittent fasting thing and a lot of people are starting to look into that and i think we should actually have a segment just on that and we can maybe come back at that another time and i can give some personal experiences and so can lance and yeah. you know evan's been doing it for a while and, and maybe matt you'll yeah do yeah. some research or <laughs> no 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 i've got a book that i've read on that exact subject matter and it's really good yeah and so i'd like yeah. to hear you know, for those of you who don't know matt's wife is, uh, is a medical doctor yeah. and i'd like to maybe get her perspective on this as well maybe bring you her can... on the podcast there you go we should bring on... <laughs> yeah why, why have we been why is matt still here like i thought i thought his wife was supposed to be here by like matt was about this before matt was the placeholder for his wife i thought so before we before we jump into our last little bit let's run around just with respect to to nutrition do you guys have like a healthy snack that you absolutely love or even like a small meal something that's like man that's my go-to that's so good do you guys have anything that you can toss out there for our, our listeners that might be interested in what it is that you eat that, that could be good that they could toss in their 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 daily. Yeah, no. Uh, if you like, I mean, we've talked about like juicing vegetables and yep, stuff like that yep. before. Um, and I don't do like a t- traditional juice where all the pulp is separated. I do like uh, I'll make like a mason Smoothie. jar with the pulp in- included. And man, you know y- that's fantastic because I'll do a little bit of juice in there so it's sweeter too. Mm. And you're getting all that fiber, all that good vegetable goodness, and you know you're kind of drinking it. So it's a pretty quick, pretty quick, easy snack. That's you know it's in the fridge if it's ready to go. And I feel like that's good, and I enjoy it. So I think that's one gotcha. of the big thing. It's like you gotta gotcha. enjoy it. So, so juicing's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy the juice as well. How about you, Evan? Uh, I for a while, and I'm starting to get back to it now. Um, I make a certain chicken masala dish on Sundays, and I portion it out through the week for uh, dinner usually. Sure. Um, and I use a ton of turmeric, which is, oh. if anybody's looking for like an intro, like cumin and turmeric, okay. yep, both good, like anti-acidity sort of, you know, I'm sure somebody who's a nutritionist could get down here and talk more specifically, but, um, it's interesting cause we actually had a in-service with a spinal doc mm-hmm. who he was talking about like, Hey, what, what are your guys like alternative goes to's as physical therapists from non-surgical, non-physical therapy stuff. And he had mentioned, he's like, I tell my patients to start cooking with more turmeric. Yep. I was a guy who had like 30 years huh. of experience. I was like, awesome. Been using that cool. for a while. Like the anti-inflammatories yeah. about that, the helping with pain management. Helping pain, with, pain, yeah, yeah. Pain, pain management's the key there. Absolutely. Took a couple extra doses of that the last two nights, but just started <laughs> taking spoonfuls of turmeric there. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Lance? Um, I try to keep fresh fruit in the fridge all the time. Yeah. Um, blueberries and strawberries yes. specifically. Yep. So I do like to do that. One of the things I struggle with is I love crunchy snacks. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And the, the chips are terrible for you. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! What? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, a, it's a vegetable. Too many it's chips are yeah, too many chips are terrible <laughs> for you. Yeah. So one of the things I I buy at Costco is these uh, these crackers called Mary's Gone Crackers. Okay. They are they're actually made out of seeds, so they're gluten free. There's huh. no potato in them they're all they're like pressed seeds huh. and they're really crunchy and it satisfies my crunch right. urge that's a lot of <laughs> seeds how many seeds they're, they're, they're good right. they taste kind of like cardboard but but it satisfies that, it's that it's crunchiness that chip alternative yes how does it go with like a good salsa perfect oh man it's great on salsa or or like um like Nut butters, it, it goes great with what? nut butters. Let's not talk about nut butters okay. anymore. <laughs> Lance, I'm coming to your house. I'm I'm like we're talking about snacks and stuff, and I'm getting hungry. <laughs> so I'm, I'm coming over for your seed chips. 
Oops. Yeah. Do we have to go back to like the chamois cream conversation now? <laughs> no. Another another one from see a previous, previous podcast. See previous podcast. <laughs> see, yeah. yes. Hashtag previous podcast. Yes. Um, my personal one that I've been doing for a while that it is super good is um, I'll get out a, a Honeycrisp apple. I, I love those. We eat those. We go through those things like they're, they're oh, water here in my family. Good. So I'll, I'll cut it up into like little cubes, toss it into a bowl, and I'll put um, a couple good spoonfuls of uh, Greek yogurt in there. And then I'll throw on top of that some almonds and some dried um, berries. It's like uh, strawberry, raspberry, blueberry, and there might be one other. And they're dried. Mix it all up together, and that is so flipping good. Yes. Try it sometime, good. and it's 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 not bad for you. It's it's low glycemic because oh, yeah. you got yeah. some protein in there. You got some fats from the, the almonds. It's a very nicely well balanced meal. Give that a shot, folks. It's good. Oh yeah, it's good I, for you. I too. should start sneaking over to you guys' houses yeah. for like <laughs> midday lunches. Yeah, like, hey, time. hey Matt, what's for what's for lunch, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we just gave you our um, little food thing. Let's let's kick it into our last little bit here, and we're gonna do our tip of the day. We're gonna kind of go around the table, Matt. Okay, let me start with so, you. So yeah, um, this is tough because I have lots of little tips that I want to s- slowly dish out over like some YouTube videos and things like that. But since we have a lot of cyclists, one video that I'm gonna talk about is like you know a couple quick things that you can do post ride. You know, I, I'll I'll come up with a clever title. But here's one for the for some of us around the table here that might not you know this is something you guys might not do. Uh, you can purchase a little like USB hub that all it does is plugs into an outlet and has a whole bunch of little USB plugs. And if you can put that in your garage right next to wherever you park your bike, all of us have these little gadgets now that need to be recharged. And I have found it really helpful to have that USB hub like right next to where I park my bike. So you drop your bike, you pull, you know, you pull your helmet off or whatever. You put it in the same spot next to the USB hub. I plug in my radar. I plug in my you know, light, my bike light that I have on there, and then I have another bike light for the back of my helmet. I plug that one in there. And I just find like this so handy that every single time that I'm ready to do my ride the next day or whatever it is, everything's charged up, ready to go. So that's my quick tip of the day. And yeah, and I really, I think that's the coolest thing. It's like, oh, here's my little charging hub. Did you see mine out in the garage? No, it was right over my shoe oh, warmer or shoot. shoe dryer. Well, I thought it was the uh, I thought I was the only person yeah. in the world to have this a tip. whole USB charging station. <laughs> so yeah, great minds think alike, it's, right? I guess so. There we go. How about you, Evan? Uh, I got. Oh, I'll, I'll give a little. This is not a tech one, but in my world, it's yeah. a tech one. So oh, yeah. I recently realized that getting up in the morning was really hard for me, and I was thinking, I'm like, you know, why is it still so hard? I've been doing it for years at the same time. I had changed when I moved to Washington for whatever reason. I changed my wake up alarm. It's like the it, it's an annoying one. I'm gonna be honest. It's very annoying. So I kind of wake up in a bad mood and want to go back to sleep after hearing it. So I added the like. Have you guys seen the iPhone with like the beach sound? No. Oh, it's no. so nice. It's like this like the waves. It's like crashing. A, it's a wave crashing. Like there's a seagull in the background. <laughs> it's so much nicer to wake up to. It, yeah. Now I will admit it's not as loud. So if you're like a really really heavy sleeper, it may be rough. But I do that, and then I immediately click, and I have my whatever's my favorite song that week I play, and then I go and do my stuff, and then come back and get my phone. So it's uh, huh. kind of a nice way to wake yeah, up. Always the beach done in the morning. Like dumb that. music for me. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. always my. Favorite. I used to do a radio station. That was rough to wake up to, though. If there's a guy talking right away, I'm like, I don't want to have to hear somebody <laughs> talk at 4:30 a.m. Shut up. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Lance, what's your tip of the day dr hepler's parenting tip of the day i like this i need to like write this down (laughs) i I have my notebook ready um love your kids no matter what 
That is... Um, you sure about that? Yes, like, I, I mean, am. What if they... Okay. Yes, I am. Do I have to? Yes, yes, you do. You don't have to love what they do, but you there have you to go. be able to separate what they do and who they are. So um, I certainly try to have as good a relationship as I can with my kids and loving them despite their mistakes or their bad decisions or the things they do, I think has made our family life better yeah did somebody get in trouble recently no was this oh, okay i was i was wondering if there was <laughs> I a, did. i was wondering if there was like a story on <laughs> no. top of this like <laughs> yeah i know two of my kids all my kids have been home for a couple weeks and now mm-hmm. two of them are gone i put one on a plane um last night for washington dc for his summer job waterworks yes was, and, yeah. and and my daughter left a week ago for her rafting guiding um job down oh, yeah. in Utah. Yes. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah i just <laughs> You know, I, I I miss my kids. My kids are awesome. So yeah, that's yeah. a it's another thing too. Just to kind of add to that one is um, you got to remember that your kids aren't always going to be exactly what you want them to be, and they're not always going to be who you were. You know, if you have those expectations on them and they turn out to be a little bit different, let it let it go. And and that's something that I've I've kind of like had those like like you think that just because they're yeah. they're cut from your cloth, they have your DNA, that they're going to be exactly like you. That's not the case, you know, and, and another thing that I've come to find with having three kids is they're all very much different from each other. So it's, it's kind of a, yes. uh, one of those things like let them have their own little personality, let them become who they are and, and nurture that, foster that and help them find who they are and let them, you know, kind of go that path and, and, and encourage that and don't get hung up that they're not going to be, you know, some great baseball player yeah. or some great cyclist and things that you were when you were growing up, because chances are it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's so. true. My, my, um, a couple of my kids' friends used to refer to me as Superman because, well, duh. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Decathlete Sorry. Iron Man? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Did they refer to you as Lance Romance? <laughs> no, I try to keep that out yeah. of it. You kind of almost look like, like, like the real early versions of Superman, just you didn't need darker yeah. hair, but that's about it. <laughs> my, my point is, is that I always felt like I, I've had a fair amount of personal success in my life, and I just felt like that was a lot of pressure on my kids to yeah. try to do the yeah. same thing, you yeah. know. And so I don't, I of course I want them to be successful, but I want them to do it in their own way yep. and find their own place and not try to just live up to what dad did. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I get that. Well, Lance got all serious on us Sorry, talking about now. family stuff, and I'm going to come and I'm going to talk to you about the park tool chain checker. <laughs> Tip of the day. Tip of the day. Hey, no, this is because I see a lot of bikes that come through, and it's unfortunate when you get somebody that brings a bike in and their chain is absolutely toasted. They're like, well, I just put a new chain on that last year. I'm like, well, since last year, I've personally put five or six chains on my bike because I just go through chains. You know, they they are not meant to last. They're going to stretch. I don't have one. How much much does that set you back? Um, Those guys are not very uh, expensive. I think you can get them for about 25 bucks, 25, 26 bucks. And, And here's the deal. It's super simple. Uh, Park Tool makes one. It's the uh, Park Tool CC-2 wear indicator. It's basically just a chain checker for chain right. stretch. You put it down in between the two links, and you push this little indicator thing, and it'll tell you where the chain's at. When it's brand new, it's measured a 0.25. Once it gets past a 0.75, it's it's done. It's toast. Yeah. And then it always amazes me when I put this thing down there, and then you go to do the indicator, and it goes past the, the 0.2 or 0.75, hits the 1, and then you can still jiggle it back and forth. If, if I'm jiggling it back and forth, that's not a good thing. So basically what happens... <laughs> I'm sure you can't remember the exact number, but when I brought you my road bike, how how bad was that? Because I know that chain had been on there for two years and probably took in a 
thousands of miles. So. It was done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so what happens is you get the, the pin spacing on the chain starts to get longer. And instead of it falling exactly on the tooth where it's supposed to, it'll start to like dig into the tooth. And so you'll start to see a little bit of a crescent, um, like a moon shape, or some people call it like the shark tooth effect. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. what the, the, the cogs of your cassette and what the, the, the teeth and the chain rings will start to do is hold on to the chain. And then you'll start to get some really bad shifting. You'll start to get some chain drops. You'll get chain suck. And um, it, it's just unnecessary wear that happens to your bike. So instead of you putting on a, you know, anywhere from say twenty to fifty dollar chain, depending upon you know what kind of chain you're putting on there, um, you're now having to put on a new cassette, which for a lot of people is going to cost you about a hundred bucks, or you're going to yeah. have to change out your chain rings, which could cost you another hundred, two hundred bucks, as opposed to just doing that one chain. That's you know you want your bike to be butter smooth, you want it to shift well, and you want it to perform the way that you want it to perform, and you don't want to be out there having mechanicals while you're out on the road um, or in a race. So just get a chain checker come home check your bike yeah it doesn't I mean, you should be che- like every time you clean your chain which depending upon where you live and what time it is year it is you should be cleaning it at least every like two to three rides when you do that just check it it takes you literally 10 seconds to check so that that's just kind of my little tip, tip of the day good tip all right amazon i gotta purchase that <laughs> <laughs> there's less expensive ones but i, I like that one in particular yeah. because it gives a more accurate reading and right. it's, it's very very simple to use you don't have to be some you know very gifted mechanic to, to put check that thing it. on there yeah. and check it so okay let's run around the table and do our one last thing we're at the end of the show and um make it quick boys lance let's start with you um Shout out to the guys I rode with on Saturday. I did the Mari ride again. Oh, I like that guy. There Those was guys. about 20 of us on the ride. Awesome. Yeah, and we rode like 70 miles and like 5,000 feet of vertical, so it was wow. a, a solid ride for me. Um, but one of the things I struggle with uh, is going uphill fast, and they all know that. <laughs> and um, about with about... 20 miles to go we were climbing one specific um uh it was about a two mile climb it was up vernon road which is out washugal river road yep and i'm climbing up vernon and one of the guys his name is thomas he put his hand on my back and pushed me all the way up the hill wow. so i wouldn't lose the group that a boy yeah <laughs> nice. so thank you thomas for pushing me and Absolutely. then he did it on every hill for the rest of the ride <laughs> it was glorious yeah so, very cool. Uh, Evan, one last uh, thing. I'll give a shout-out for a little international one here. I've been watching the Giro every yeah. day for anybody tracking that. Um, Simon Yates is in yellow right now, and okay. he is doing wonderfully well. So That's cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, Froomey is not doing so well, but it is going to be an exciting race. A lot of guys within a minute of each other now going to the second and third weeks here. So That's fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Matt, one last thing. Yeah. So we said this before, be skeptical of, you know, what you read on the internet and be skeptical of what we say too. Uh, we give a lot of just, you know, we try to joke around and stuff like that, but we do like, you know, drop a little bit of advice here and there. Be skeptical of it. That's my suggestion. And then with that, here's another tip from me, and that is to wear sunscreen. Mm. Be skeptical of that. Be skeptical of anything <laughs> that we suggest here, but you should wear sunscreen, guys. Uh, it's sunny out. It's really sunny. So don't forget your sunscreen. I 100% agree with you. So very cool. Um, I am going to say uh, a big congratulations to Ian Gibson as a teammate of ours. He won his first road race and it was spectacular. It was a huge, huge group effort. And they went into this thing with a plan of exactly what they wanted to execute. And guess what? They executed it to a T. 
to a T. So job, Ian dude. gets his first uh, his first road racing victory in the Masters 50 plus down at the Cherry Pie Road Race, and um, it wouldn't have happened without the likes of his teammates Michael Myers and and Whitney uh, Phillips and Andy Levine. And there's a, a friend of the team. His name's John Hatfield. Those guys all um, really just played the whole thing perfectly, and he got his first win. Um, and the other last thing is. Um, have tegaderm in your medicine cabinet. It's it's a good thing to have around when when things go sideways. And again, I hope you guys bought stock in 3M last week because I uh, I probably sent their stocks skyrocketing after all the tegaderm that I purchased this past weekend. So, all right, we are at the end of the show, and before we say goodbye, we just wanted to remind you one more time where you can find us. Yeah. Um, you can email any of us at our uh, dialed podcast emails, and you can. Um, you know, reach Matt and Evan and Lance and Jake, all of those names at dialedpodcast.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you think and uh, give us some feedback um, and, and tell us if we're doing good or tell us if uh, we need to um, go back and check ourselves. Uh, you can also find us um, on Instagram at Dialed Podcast, or you can look us up on the old Facebook or book faces, Evan would say, mm-hmm. um, met Dialed Podcast there as well. Um, I think that's about it, you guys. Yeah. Thanks for subscribing for any of you guys that are new. Yes. And if you uh, rate us, make sure that, you know, yes, there's only five stars, but try to push it. Try to get six, seven stars yeah. on it. Yeah. No. You can no, even make just, a comment and be like, that was a seven out of five podcast right there. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, we really yeah, do appreciate you. that. And um, you guys can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Google Play. And I think there's probably about three or four other ones out there. I didn't know that there were so many places that podcasts can go. Yeah. It's kind of a cool thing. Oh, so yeah. listen to us all over the place. Um, you guys thank you again for coming back I hope you guys have a great week and Mm -hmm. to everybody listening thank you for listening you guys have a good one bye for now bye